Hello everybody, welcome to the Dummy Room. This is Marie Nicotine from the Windowsill. Enjoy the show. Cheers! This is the big time, girly. This is rock and roll. Hey everyone, you're in the dummy room. I'm Jody. Have not joined as always by Mr. Nate Demo. What's up, dude? Not much, man. What's new in what's new with you? Nothing. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, same old, you know, just work and podcasting and kids and trying to record a record and yeah yeah uh last weekend my son miles turned two on friday oh wow well happy yeah, so birthday that was... to miles one two three four happy birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday birdsey happy birthday to you that was awesome we did a uh uh cookie monster themed party you know we had a uh, oh, cake. oh i saw and, that that was awesome oh the cake yeah, yeah. that yeah. was pretty impressive dude yeah she uh she was pretty into that man she was pretty proud of herself so hell yeah with good and, reason and, and the taste is good too so <laughs> there you go yeah that's cool man so two years yeah, old was, huh uh, two yeah it went really fast so he's yeah he's awesome so right on. so what are we gonna do today I don't know. <laughs> no, we have uh, we have a guest, uh, Grim Deeds. He's gonna come on and uh, shoot the shit with us. Right on. Yeah, should be cool. Just to talk to him a little bit. Yeah, see what's up with that dude. So last night I got in this. Uh, it was really strange. I got in this total zoinks mode, you know. Um, Listen to uh, a couple hours. Listen to Bad Move, Space Cadet, and I listened to. Uh, the Stranger Anxiety, the, the whole thing, and uh, I woke up this morning and got a notification that it was Bob Conrad's birthday, so... Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Bob? <laughs> Hell yeah, happy birthday, I Bob. I don't know if Bob actually listens, probably not, but if he does, it'll be about a week after his birthday, so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever. But as we're recording it, it's your birthday. So happy birthday. Jaded eyes 
Yeah, great band. Like that band a lot. Loved them for for a long time. So, yeah, yeah. classic. Me and uh, when Zoinks came to lacrosse, I don't know if I told this before, but we went to. Uh, I took him on this tour of. Um, uh, I guess you'd only uh, we call it the pop bottle house, <laughs> and uh, so there's this guy that he would make uh, like plastic pop bottles, and he would make art out of them, like uh, windmills and shit like that, like thousands of pop bottles in his front yard and um i think i posted a video somebody did a documentary on this guy he's dead now and the house is gone but um yeah i took zoinks on the tour and uh yeah i think they liked it they were uh probably a little scared of this guy but (laughs) yeah it was uh it was one of those weird you know roadside attractions you know um he had a guest book that you could sign and had people from all over the fucking world in there. It was crazy. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll repost the video and check it out. It was dude was awesome. So right on. Yeah. So you've been listening to anything lately? What you've been listening to, dude? We haven't done that little segment in a little while. No, what you've been listening to? Um, anything new? Oh, I don't know, but uh, I did just see this today. Uh, Mugwump's got a new record coming out. Oh yeah. So, yep, on Monster Zero, uh, I can't remember what the fuck it's called now. Um, hmm, that's cool, though. I just real quick briefly saw it this morning and kind of forgot already, but yeah, but uh, anything new? Um, I don't know what I've been listening to that's new. Um, no, I'm not saying it has to be new. I'm just saying what you've been listening to. What would you listen to today? What I listen to today? Today, well, I, I, I listened to uh, some Zoinks this morning on the way into work. And uh, I listened to uh, Move Back Home on the way home. Nice. I get you and I guess you 
then on the way back in here to do this tonight, I was listening to uh, Descendants. All oh. right on. What about you, man? Uh, what did I listen to today? A little chicks ticket, some teen idols, some spastic hearts. got something on in the background even if i'm not intently like paying attention to it while i might be doing dishes and what have you you know what i mean yeah yeah so. um a lot of times at work if if i can i'll have something planned but uh work's crazy right now and i'm just uh i'm kind of having to uh deal with people you know <laughs> a little bit more so so can't listen to much right now so i hear you um, but yeah, nothing new. I haven't haven't heard anything that I can off the top of my head that's, you know, really got me going or anything. Right. Only thing new and exciting really coming up. I think I'm actually kind of excited to see this new Halloween movie, even though I'll probably leave there disappointed as usual. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I'm a sucker for Michael Myers, dude. Yeah. You know, it does look pretty good, man. I think it looks good. Yeah, I mean. But a trailer always does, you know? Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and then you get into it, and it's just like, oh, God, yet another Halloween. <laughs> Jeez. They should have just left it at three, really, you know? 
and so even is, that one's kind of controversial, apparently. Even though when I was a kid, I thought it was super creepy with those fucking masks and the silver shamrock and shit. Yeah, it's just a different movie, you know. It's yeah. weird. But, um, so is is um is Jamie Lee Curtis gonna die in this one? Is this? I'm assuming she's. They're gonna kill her off, right? I don't know, but I am excited to see the movie, though. You know, I don't know if I'll go to the theater or not. I've kind of had my fill of the theater unless it's a drive-in, you know? Yeah. I don't like um, just fucking sitting there and all these fucking stupid kids won't shut up. Yeah, I actually, actually, um, we just don't have time, you know? I just don't have time to go out with the kids, you know? So, um, rarely make it to the theater. <laughs> I hear you. Um, yeah, I'm kind of behind on a bunch of movies that I, I would actually like to see, so. Yeah. There's a lot of good ones, man. And then we're coming into the season where we might get a lot more good horror movies, which is always good. Yeah. I noticed they finally put that Terrifier on Netflix, dude, so now you can watch it, dude. You gotta is watch it. Is it? Okay. Okay. I'll check that out, man. Just for that fucking scene, man. <laughs> this I ain't got no spoilers here, but. Dude, there's a scene that you just have to fucking see. It's so fucking brutal. Oh, God. It's awesome. I'll check it out. Yeah. <laughs> just fucking, even if you just have to fast forward somewhere to the middle, just watch that one scene and just be like, fuck. I'll watch it, man. Yeah, so, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm so far behind on my TV right now. It's crazy. Trying to catch catch up to ozark so oh yeah, yeah I, was, ozark. I was only i was only into like two episodes into season two and i think it was this weekend saturday night or something put it on and see there's like five episodes and so i start episode five and i'm thinking what the fuck's going on you know did i miss something you know and somebody had watched a couple episodes so i had to oh. go back but I was so I actually watched five and I got through the whole thing and I'm like, this doesn't make any fucking sense, you know. So I had to go back and <laughs> right. watch three and four. Yeah. So I haven't watched that show. Everyone keeps telling me it's really good, but I don't know. Yeah, it's I've good. Been watching you that watch. Parks and Rec. You ever watch that show? I've never seen it. No, I never used to. I've never really saw it till Netflix and only re- pretty recently. But man, that show is fucking hilarious. It's so well written. It's made by the like the same people that make you know that show like fucking uh, King of the Fucking Hill with like fucking yeah. Bobby Hill and shit. It's yeah, ma- it's made by all those same people. Maybe not okay. Mike Judge, but all the, like the producers and writers and shit. And it's fucking hilarious, dude. I never would have like I don't know. I just I never really watched TV or had a TV for like the last I don't know how long, twenty years, fifteen. I don't know. But, like, I do like watching shows without commercials, you know, on Netflix. That's where it's at as yeah. far as TV. Because then it's not so bad. But, uh, yeah, if you've never watched that show, dude, check that out sometime. It's hilarious. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just behind, man. So I yeah. don't have a lot of TV time. I don't so. either, man. Um, yeah, work's just been a bitch lately. This week's been terrible. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's only Tuesday too, you know. So yeah, eh, a couple weeks it'll be over. Yeah. So you, what are you doing for Halloween? You breaking out that ET costume? So yeah, yeah. If I had it, I would, man. <laughs> we um took the kids to the Halloween store on Sunday, and uh, we got this you know mall parking lot, big fucking tent set up. Right. Um, and Miles 
two years old, you know, he sees the big blow up things, you know, in the front and just fucking loses his mind, you know? Yeah. And uh, just giggling, waving to him and shit. We go in and kids were, they're still trying to get ideas and stuff. And my daughter has no idea what to be. We leave that place and we're driving home and it hits her that she wants to be Madonna for Halloween. Oh, yeah? Like, what so, era of Madonna? Early, Certainly not early. those pointy cones and all that. <laughs> no, early Madonna. So, like, okay. uh, border, borderline era. Yeah, yeah, like the rosaries and all that shit. Yeah, so, okay. yeah, that's what she wants to be. So I'm like, fuck yeah, that's that's awesome. So. Wow, how did she find out about Madonna? I thought she was a thing of the past. Yeah, she's got a little, yeah, she's got a little something for Madonna, you know? That's cool. Yeah, my daughter's got, she's going to have some good taste, I think, you know? Or maybe not good. How, but how old is your daughter? <laughs> she's 11. Okay. So, yeah. It, it, like, in circles of, like, pop, is Madonna kind of, like, like, considered, like, the Ramones or the Stooges, how we consider them? Like, <laughs> is she, like, the original OG of that whole, like, Britney Spears and scene and all that shit? <laughs> I I would assume so. Yeah, I mean, who else was there before Madonna? I don't know. I, uh, I don't know either. <laughs> nothing I like mean, that. Like, nothing like that, you know. Um, at the same time, you know, Cindy Lauper was around, so. Yeah. Um, I like Cindy Lauper. I always thought she was cool. Yeah. But Madonna was much hotter, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. She's gonna be Madonna, I guess. So I'm not sure we can probably uh, hodgepodge a costume together for her, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Take your trick-or-treat and then... <laughs> See how many people recognize who, what it is? Yeah, every, you know, all the kids will be like, who the fuck is that? You know, and all the parents will be like, that's Madonna. Holy it's shit. JoJo, uh, what's that <laughs> fucking JoJo, bitch? I can't remember, but like Natalie, she's like, about to be seven and she's into some modern day like madonna type artist called jojo something mm. yeah no idea it's fucking terrible so what is it <laughs> what, are, what are they gonna be uh i don't know nathan is almost always wants to be batman like every year <laughs> like he just keeps getting a new batman outfit to match his size every year um I've been pushing Natalie to be uh, Gene Simmons. <laughs> She's thinking cool. about it. We'll see. Really? I mean, that's the best Halloween costume, you know? So what are you going to do then? You're not going to dress up this year? Oh, probably not. <laughs> you know, no. Most likely not. We usually, I just kind of walk along and they, on the street, and they run up to all the houses. You know what I mean? Yep. You know how it is. Yeah, my wife and I, we don't dress up. So yeah. my kids, actually, they, they like going out, trick-or-treating, like, right away, like, really fast. And then coming home, and they love handing out candy. Yeah? So, yeah, it's really weird, because I don't know strange. where they're getting that from. Um, yeah, this year, you know, Miles, you know, he went, we went last year with him, but he was really little, you know, so he's only a year. So this year he'd be able to, like, walk and yeah. go up to houses and stuff. And, so uh, effectively is his real first Halloween. <laughs> yeah, he's going to he's gonna fucking lose his mind. Because, <laughs> I mean, you take him to the store and they have all, you know, the Halloween display and shit, and he's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little touchy for him, you know. Sometimes he loves it and sometimes he's, he's scared, so. Yeah. 
it should be fun. We'll take him to the scary ones just to, you know, be dicks. But the only thing that like Amber and I always do around the around Halloween is there's this there's like this like hardcore adult haunted house thing where it's it's called the darkness and it's just like you know it's fucking gruesome as fuck dude it's not just like some vampire pops out when you're walking down it's like you go into these rooms and there's just like straight mutilation everywhere and <laughs> blood and fucking guts and shit it's crazy but it's fucked up because every single time we go no matter what as we're walking through i always someone always jumps out and is like hey jody what's up <laughs> It's always one of my buddies working in there. <laughs> like, I can't get through there without someone calling me out every fucking year. Wow. Yeah, it's weird. It's very That's... strange. But Have yeah, ever... it's it's like super gory and cool as fuck. It takes you like 45 minutes to get through there and shit. It's cool. Have you ever worked in on a thing like that? I have. have Not you? at that one, but I used to work at this one that was quite a bit more tame. You know, there was no blood and guts necessarily. And <laughs> But it, this was when I was a teenager. But if you worked there, like it was like uh, the Knights of Columbus put it on or whatever. I think that's who it was. But if you worked in the haunted house, you got to drink free like keg beer out of this keg that they have in the back. You know, so it would just be a bunch of drunk teenagers wearing like you know masks and like like cloaks or whatever you call it. You know. Uh. And then you just get all fucked up and you just sit in there and wait for people to come through and you're like, ah, <laughs> you know, it was pretty fun. You it's know. cool. Yeah. But then you start getting drunk and, you, and then it's like you start getting disoriented because you're wearing this mask and, you know, how those <laughs> things get kind of hard to breathe in and shit. So you end up, half the people working there end up puking inside of their mask <laughs> and stuff. It's pretty gross. Jeez. But, you know, these guys didn't give a fuck. Clearly, we were like 15 years old, you know, and they're like, hey, here's a cup. <laughs> it was like a fucking kegger, dude. <laughs> and these guys are out back doing keg stands and shit. It's insane. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't been to the uh, the local haunted house in f- years, years, just because fun. I, it's really fun. I don't want to wait in line and shit, you know? Yeah. So... And kids, you can't take kids to that. So. Nah, dude, you'll scar them. That's why I keep we keep <laughs> I keep like waiting for the kids to get a little bit older. I can't wait to take them there. Yeah, but yeah. this year I think we're taking them to the uh, Six Flags. Has like this, uh, you know, it's like a haunted park for the Halloween month. So you just go there and ride roller coasters. But there's like ghouls and shit walking around. It's pretty cool. Cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we're still, you know, a good month away, so... Yeah, I'm getting excited, though. It's my favorite time of year. It's like my Christmas. Yeah, I think we said last week or the week before we're going to have... Uh... Yeah, so you booked Glenn Danzig, you've booked... <laughs> Who else? Yeah. <laughs> uh, nobody. <laughs> uh, so let's get some, like, death metal, black metal dude to come on and tell us how bad our music sucks. Yeah, they probably would, wouldn't they? They'd be like, there's no double bass? That's pussy shit. <laughs> yep. So, no, we'll see. You know, we'll see. It's I think how many how many how many weeks are in October this year? Do we know? No, I don't know. I'm assuming four or five. Four or five. Kind of hoping there's only four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't want to commit to too many there. So. Right. Well, as soon as you get Danzig books, you let us know. I will. I got a buddy who back in the day claims 
that he played pool with Glenn Danzig in uh, like uh, Davenport, Iowa. Oh yeah. <laughs> somewhere, yeah. Somewhere he used to go down to the Quad Cities. Uh, I don't even know why he had family down there, whatever that was, but he would always go to these cool uh, like uh, record stores or head shops, whatever it was, and he'd always bring back cool shit, you know. And um, yeah, he was down there once, and uh, he said he was at the hotel, and he ended up playing pool with Glenn Danzig, and he was like 14 or 15 at the time. <laughs> so he ended up writing about it in a zine, a local zine. Oh, right on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was bullshit or not, but... Wow. The interesting part, though, is when Glenn Danzig plays pool, he uses, like, a special set where it's all... It's like 15 eight balls, dude. That way they're all black. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, uh... That's true. Yeah. So are we going to talk about what we're going to talk about with the, the Weasel songs, or should we save that? Well, yeah, we could allude to the fact that later on we're going to do a sweet 16 of uh, Screeching Weasel songs with Mr. Grim okay. Deeds, and it uh, should be pretty fun. We will determine, out of the songs given, the very best Screeching Weasel song of all time. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> Most yeah. likely you'll disagree. I don't know. You will have to wait and see. We haven't done it yet. So when we get there, we'll see what happens. So stay tuned for that, and we're about to get hooked up with Mr. Grim Deeds for a little chat about I'm not sure what but it should be interesting so all right so we're going to be talking to, uh we're going to be doing a special sweet 16 be our first one yeah first one ever on the dummy room and we're going to be doing uh screeching weasel songs and uh Jody Jody made the post about uh what's your favorite screeching weasel song and uh we're getting quite a few responses man um of course your list isn't coming off of here but uh no, yeah, there's a whole there's a whole shitload of good ones, man. Yeah, man, um, read them off. Uh, totally. My friend Andrea from Chad and Andrea, she's saying totally, which it's a great song. Um, we've got my brain hurts, don't turn out the lights, crying in my beer, I want to be with you tonight, every night. Um, Veronica hates me. Susanna's getting married. Stupid over you. Ninety nine. There's a lot of good ones, man. Um, speed of mutation. Huh. Uh, yeah. Uh, Trish says supermarket fantasy. That's a great one. Uh, high school psychopath. Um, Nightbreed. <laughs> yeah, not, uh, not my favorite weasel song. Yeah, and mine either. But some people have, uh, personal connections to it, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So just, just not me. Um, well, so what, uh, before we do this, what do you, what do you, what's your favorite weasel song? You got, you got a favorite? That's. Oh God. Like oh, go to. It could be into anything. It just depends. Uh, one that always sticks out to me is don't turn out the lights. I always love that one a lot. Uh, teenage freak show. I mean, anything off my brain hurts. If I could put them in a randomizer and spit one out, I'll, I could love it. Yep. Absolutely. But, uh, I think guest list is, it's kind of my go to, you know? Yeah. So it's just a great, great song. And One Step Beyond is good, you know, from Wiggle. Um, yeah. So I haven't seen the, the uh, list yet, so I'm, I'm anxious to... <laughs> it's a big mystery, and I'll explain it when we get there, how I did it. So yeah, yeah. stay tuned. we got an awesome Screeching Weasel Sweet 16 coming up with Mr. Grim Deeds, who will be joining us here in a minute. And uh, we will determine the very best Screeching Weasel song of all time. So... <laughs> 
you may or may not agree with the results, but it will be democratic and we will determine it. And uh, you can tell us that we're wrong in the comments wherever you see this posted. And they will. Yes. Of course they will. Anyways. So yeah, we're going to have Grim Deeds on here in a second. You want to go ahead and throw to that? Yeah. Uh, Grim Deeds. He's, uh, I don't even know what he is. He's just uh, he's got a great blog. He's does these kick-ass interviews, and uh, let's do it. We have news for the beautiful people. There's a lot more of us in our view. Any of you that have ever felt stepped on, left out, picked on, put down, why don't you just come down here and join us, okay? All right, we're here with Grim Deeds. How's it going? Hails. It's me. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no problem, man. Um, what what are we talking about, Jody? Just uh, I don't know. Just get right into it. So I got a question for you, buddy. Yeah. Um, your blog. How'd you get? Oh. Uh, how'd you get started with all that? You've done uh, you've done a ton of cool interviews, and just wondering what got you interested in that. Well, thanks for uh, being interested in the blog. Uh, you know, I've always been into writing and. I studied communication in college, and I talk all the time, constantly, and I've sort of figured out that that's something, you know, I can contribute, you know, besides doing the music, there's lots of other ways you can contribute, so I've always wanted to, to do something like that, and I used to write for other, like, publications, uh, I come from, like, the skateboarding world, so I used to write for this skateboard magazine called Slap, and, and I would do, like, reviews and shit, but I've always really enjoyed doing interviews, just because I think it's a cool way to get insight into someone's personality and um i would rather do them like we're doing it now like do everything in in person or or talking but uh, there's something cool about sending people questions to reflect on and then get their get their feedback uh from their own you know perspective in writing mm-hmm. and uh i just like had that idea kicking around for a while and the nice thing about it is i can crank out those questions really fast and just send them off and just Right now, I have like 10 that I'm waiting for, and I just sit back and wait for them to roll in. And when it's time to, to edit it, it's really easy to just throw it on up there. It costs no money, you know, and right. people are stoked on it. So, you know, why the hell not? And yeah. plus, like, by now, like, I've been part of the, like, Facebook pop punk community, you know, for, like, I don't know, a pretty long time, like, almost 10 years, maybe more. And um, I, I know people now. So now I can, like, be like, hey, Cody, talk to Joey Cape for me or some shit. And he'd be like, oh, all right. And then, and there's no reason not to try, you know, just try and get yeah. some cool, cool, like I got CJ Ramon, that was fucking totally random, and, and that was because I interviewed Joe Queer, and Joe seemed really um, supportive and, and made all these suggestions for people to interview, so I think it's one of those things that's a great opportunity for our scene nowadays, because people within the pop punk scene are pretty easy to, to contact and pretty easy to approach, and Nobody's yeah. like a, a mega superstar anymore, so you know we're it, there's plenty to talk about still, and it's still a current scene, even though it's kind of more of an underground thing now. Um, so it's good timing, and I'm stoked to do it. I, I feel like I haven't done one in a while, but uh, you know that's because I, there was some weeks where I did like three in one week because I always try to be super productive. But uh, there's some other cool ones coming down the pipe for sure. Cool. So who was um, who was the first person that you got that you were like holy shit i can't believe it you know can't believe i got him um kim shaddock 
she's way up there for me um, oh, yeah. as a songwriter. And she's like, you know, top of the food chain as far as pop punk <laughs> songwriters. Uh, so, I, I completely I, agree I, with that, man. And then uh, recently I did one with uh, James Cahill from Kung Fu Monkeys. And uh, he's a phenomenal songwriter. And, and just I could just sense that he had a very interesting perspective and was a very thoughtful person. And it turned out to be true. And uh, I was really stoked to get him. I was also stoked to get uh, Graf Madden because he and I kind of come from, I wouldn't say like opposing teams in the pop punk world, but like my leanings are definitely more with like the nerdy, like traditional people who aren't necessarily cool, who were never really part of the in-sub scene, <laughs> who were yeah. never really like accepted on the message boards and stuff like that. I kind of roll with like those riffraff types. <laughs> and he was he was definitely more like straight out of that New York scene and uh they were playing a style of pop punk that was like a little different and a little bit almost more indie. But I always respected him because he had so much stuff out and he was prolific and uh I was kinda jealous of him for a while to be honest. And I kinda had these like, you know, I was kind of a hater. But then I just came around and was like, you know what, fuck it, I just should embrace it and interview him and it turned out to be a pretty cool interview. So that was fun. Cool. Yeah. Um, keep doing them, yeah. Oh, uh, BA from Sloppy Seconds. That was another really cool one. Yeah, sure. I haven't, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen that one yet. But um, mm -hmm. so as far as uh, you know, where do you? I mean, you've pretty much got you've done Kim Shattuck and Joe Queer and Kempi mm -hmm. and Cody and Vapid. I mean, you kind of did all the big guys first. <laughs> yeah, so. I wanted to kind of come out of the gate swinging, and uh, I knew I could, I could start with some some heavy hitters. The Dan Vapid one is probably the best one. It definitely has like the most views and stuff like that. And he really opened up and, and, uh, you know, committed to it. So I couldn't be more happy with that, the way that one turned out, but there's tons, man. I mean, there's, I, I, I want to do like fucking, um, I've got my list right here. I'm looking at like, I keep a list of people that I want to do next. I'd really like to do, um, well, shit. I mean, anyone you can think of, but some of the ones I'm reading on my list here are like Dexter Holland from The Offspring. I think that would be a rad one. Uh, I've kind of got, I'm friends with Chris Sherry, and uh, I'm trying to get him to help me uh, maybe get a Descendants one, like either Bill or Milo. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just whoever I can get, man. Yeah, I, have, that'd be I, awesome. I have Dave Grohl on here, because I have a buddy in, in L.A. who I went to high school with who's friends with Dave Grohl, so <laughs> I'm going to try and get him. Just you know, see see what happens. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not a big Dave Grohl guy, but yeah, me either. That's cool. Like that guy. <laughs> um, so I, I don't I didn't even ask you where 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 do you live? I don't even know where you're at. Not many people know. Um, okay. Is it I, no, it's just no one <laughs> fucking gives a shit really. But I live in uh, the Bay Area. Uh, okay. I live in a, a city called Foster City. A lot of people think it's like a made up name, and it's it's a real place. It's just a uh, kind of a more one of the more obscure towns in the bay area and it's close close enough to san francisco it's like not even 20 miles away it's like maybe 15 miles away uh cool. yeah from we're pretty close to the sfo airport and we're in uh the area called the peninsula which is a hopelessly expensive place to live and the only way i can <laughs> make it is i live with my uh my wife's family you know in their house and uh otherwise on a teacher's salary, I wouldn't be able to, to live here. Definitely. Mm. So that's what, that's where I reside in the like pristine suburbs of the Bay area, you know, producing my 
<laughs> my weird art. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you think, like most of the people that live around there have no idea what you're up to, huh? No, and if they knew, they would just they would just think it was weird, and they yeah. wouldn't really <laughs> be that interested. I don't think. Right. Yeah, but that's fine. Like if so, you were to walk out of the house with that fucking like makeup and the fucking stage gear on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I couldn't do it now because I just started uh, right. teaching in in Foster City. So I, I work here now, and everywhere I go, I see my students and, and right. families and stuff. So I have to be like cl- even more Clark Kent than I ever was. So how did you get uh how'd you get Cody to play with you, man? All right, so that story is a good one because he's someone who's like a close friend. I'm going to go to his wedding next yeah. month. Actually, he's getting married, and uh, I'm really honored to to go participate in that. I've been friends with him for a long time, um, but started as just a fan. As the Lillingtons and, and Bottle Rocket were the bands that I kind of immediately got into when I sort of rediscovered pop punk because I I had listened to punk for a very long time, but um, I was more like Fat Records epitaph kind of punk and uh, not as much Lookout and and like true you know pop punk. So. Okay. I kind of came back to it after a while because I went, went through this long period where I was only listening to heavy metal. And, you know, you just kind of go through these these phases. And I was like, ah, you know, I remember I had a Screeching Weasel album. I had Booga Da Booga Da. And so I just, when YouTube started to kind of have more um, resources and you could search for things and find stuff easily, I was like, ah, I'm going to check out some more of those albums. And then it started connecting the dots. I was like, oh, the Queers and Screeching Weasel. And, oh, and there's like, I, I ended up watching uh, End of the Century, the Ramones documentary, and it all just kind of clicked. I was like, holy shit. Like, I never realized all these connections. <laughs> just all kind of goes back to the Ramones. And I've seen the Ramones. I saw them play when I was 16 at Lollapalooza, you know, and, like, didn't didn't even give a shit, really. But now I'm like, oh, my God, I saw the Ramones. So the story with Cody was just, like, I loved what I heard. I was like, this guy is an amazing songwriter. His voice is so distinct and unique and awesome. And, like, I just became a huge fan of... Uh, Lillington's Bottle Rocket, and then uh, they would play. You know, they would come through San Francisco, and so I go to the shows. And one of the first first shows, I brought like some heavy metal CDs because I remember Cody when he started wearing like heavy metal shirts. He was wearing like Municipal Waste and all these like thrash bands that I liked. And so I just decided to show up with like a shitload of metal CDs that I bought from Amoeba that day, and just like walked up to him and was like, "Hey." check this shit out <laughs> you know and just like gave him all these metal CDs <laughs> and uh he was like hell yeah man and that that was back in the myspace day so we kind of connected on myspace and uh then we became like i think buddies where we we throw you know cds in the mail like you know just sharing music was sort of how we became friends and it, it went from there and you can tell sometimes pretty quickly that like you and another person are gonna become close friends and like Cody and I always sort of had that connection even, you know, early on. And uh, so we stayed in touch and I had played in a, another pop punk band. Wasn't like a really well-known one or anything, but Cody knew after that band ended that I was like writing songs and stuff. And when I had spring break from uh, teaching, uh, there were a couple times when I got to go like out on tour with uh, Teenage Bottle Rocket just to ride along basically, like just shoot the shit in the, in the car with Cody, like Cody would ride with me and then the other guys would ride in the, in the van. We meet up at the show and we did that two years and, uh, it was so much fun, man. But on, on one of those trips, I had the, like the demo CD for Grim Deeds, like the first, however many songs. And I was like, Hey, check this shit out. And like, he listened to it. He's like, 
I remember distinctly we were sitting in a in the car, and he's like, "Can I be in Grim Deeds?" And I was like, "Fuck yeah, man!" So immediately I, you know, started sending him tracks, and like he just threw down bass lines or whatever, and uh, eventually that led to. Um, the Red Scare uh, anniversary. They had like a 10th year anniversary where everybody was going to go to Chicago. And he was like, you know what? We're going to play this little secret show, um, you know, like the day after that that 10 year anniversary show. Why don't you come and uh, maybe we'll, we'll throw you on the bill and, and we'll do a little set and me and Alex can jump in and, and play. And I was like, fuck yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's sort of how that happened. I just got to go to Chicago and, uh, I didn't even have like the Grim Deeds character wasn't even like a thing that just became a thing because it was around Halloween and uh, <laughs> my friend Jacob who was the guy playing drums uh, we went to like a Walgreens and saw this Halloween makeup I was like dude <laughs> I'm gonna wear like crazy you know corpse paint shit tonight just for the hell of it and that's how that whole thing happened and uh, yeah Cody and Alex played with me that night and then Cody has continued to like contribute actually all the dudes like Tim from the Lillingtons, even Corey, uh, Alex, and Cody have all contributed to like several different songs, like recordings and stuff, like, just emailing tracks back and forth. And uh, Cody wrote wrote a song like for Grim Deeds, and Alex contributed one of his like instrumental songs for one of the albums and stuff. So I've always like wanted to just when I, when I knew that was a, a viable thing that I could do, I was like, "Fuck yeah, let's just do as much as we can." So if you look throughout like the Grim Deeds catalog, there's many many instances where cody appears as like a guest musician or has a song or alec play, alec plays a guitar track or tim plays a drum track uh cory plays a bass track on one song that i like kind of wrote dedicated to him and uh it's rare dude you know because they're the lillingtons are my favorite band so having those dudes like first of all like support what i do and then be able to like say that i've collaborated with them and, and shit and open for them and stuff is it's like you know it's it's kind of like the the bucket list thing. So I, I checked that off really early. <laughs> so now it's like, I don't have, you know, where do you go from there? It doesn't matter. Like I've already accomplished that goal. So right pretty stoked. That's cool, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, all, I, all the first time I saw you, you guys like on YouTube live, I was like, holy shit. What is it? Like, I didn't expect <laughs> that look, you know what I'm saying? Cause uh, well, I had heard some thing. tracks, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I didn't know what it, what you looked like. And I was like, holy shit. And, you're doing kind of like a, it's like an accent, right? Like a <laughs> yeah. type of European accent on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was another thing that was like spur of the moment. I just funny. did. I just kind of affected the character because I mean, <laughs> you think about pop punk. There's so many little cliches and traditions that just keep getting perpetuated over and over and over again. Yeah. You know, it's tempting. I understand because I've wanted to do that too. To just like put on a leather jacket and sing about, you know, whatever spaceships and bubble gum or whatever. And I was like, you know what? First of all, I love the music. I, I still will want to write songs like that in that style, but you got to change it up. So the lyrics had to be different. The image had to be different and it had to be something that represented me. And, and all those things are representative of like my interests. Cause I'm a huge metal head. You know, I love heavy metal music. I'm pretty nerdy about that. And, uh, and humor, I think humor is very, important you know to embrace yeah. as an artist and so if you can like have a little humor but also make some songs heartfelt some songs serious you know some songs you just gotta you gotta let it all hang out and be passionate about it and that's what i've tried to do so where does the dress fit in all this shit 
dude. That was uh, that was uh, <laughs> <laughs> the only time I did that was in um, Las Vegas because it was Tim O'Hara's wedding. Oh, okay. Tim was getting married, so I wore a wedding dress. <laughs> I got That's it at funny. like a Halloween costume store. So that was you know. And honestly, I haven't played that many shows like as Grim Deeds. There's been there's been some, but I you know maybe once a year I'll play a show, and it's usually like a destination show. Like I'll go somewhere else and play. Yeah, I saw you played in like Indonesia or something, didn't you? Uh, Tokyo. 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 I've 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 got friends in Indonesia though, so I've I've collaborated with those dudes. I would love to go over there and play. They have a really really good healthy pop punk scene over there, and the bands are excellent. Like yeah amazing but yeah the, the tokyo experience was like out of this world man i mean so, very, very few I, moments in life when you do something that's like so fun and feels so good that you almost can't believe it while it's happening it was like one of those experiences yeah so how did that come about you 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 were already going to japan and you decided to just mm-hmm. uh contact some people to to be your band and you just play the show so it kind of goes back to the lillingtons because one of the lillingtons like events that happened when they kind of reformed is uh they were doing the riot fest and uh they had like a contest of some kind where you could like win the contest somehow i don't know what it was a drawing or something and then you could like meet the band and have breakfast with them and stuff and the person who won was this japanese uh guy named keita keita's a huge lowington's fan and then he was one of the early people who i noticed was like downloading grim deed songs and uh, I made the connection. I was like, "Hey, you're the you're the dude who like won the Lillingtons contest." And he's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Well, what's up, man?" Like, we became friends very quickly. And he plays uh, in a band too. And he's he's always written songs. His songs are really good. I was like, "Man, let's do it. Let's do some collaborating and stuff." So like, e- way before I went to Japan, Keita and I had collaborated on some songs, like some songs that were like me writing about Japan because I'm kind of like obsessed with Japan. I love the the culture and the the experience of being in Japan is like no other. So I was like you know, come on, like, play guitar on this track, or, like, I want you to sing this verse in Japanese, and just, we were, we were throwing all these ideas out. And then my wife is Chinese, and her family's in Hong Kong, so we were going to plan a family trip with, like, part of it was going to be in, in Japan, and uh, it was like a vacation. And I hit up Kato, I was like, hey, I'm coming to Japan, like, let's play a show. And he just made it happen, man. He and his <laughs> buddies, like, got together and rehearsed the songs, and I showed up, you know, and we were only in Tokyo for a couple of days, but those were the days that I, I hung out with Kato and all his friends. He introduced me to everybody in the in the Japanese pop punk scene. All those dudes are like fucking super like kind hearted, generous, like friendly people who were showed me like the best time ever. They're all really, really supportive and uh yeah, and I got to play that show. And that show had like the hum hums from Japan. I 
Headliner was Peloton, which I, I don't think a lot of Americans know who they are, but they're fucking amazing, super poppy, super crisp sounding uh, pop punk band from Japan. And uh, you know, and then the nerdy Jugheads—they're like kind of like Teenage Bottle Rocket of Japan. Like all these yeah. bands, man, that they're were on the, on the list—they were all good, and they played their asses off. And like, it was the best, dude. And I want to go back. Like, I, it's been—I <laughs> I went in 2015. And I can't wait to go back. And I, I know we're gonna go back to Asia eventually because my wife's family's there. So. I have that in mind. I've been talking to Kato about it. That's pretty cool. That's uh, that's awesome. So, how many shows you you said you play like once a year? How many yeah, shows have, have you played? I mean, there haven't really been a lot. I could probably name them all. So, like Chicago, Las Vegas. <laughs> um, I played I've played in the Bay Area a couple times, but they're always like kind of weird, low key shows. Like the first show I ever played was an acoustic show in Oakland. It was before the makeup era, you know, and okay. I. I was fucking nervous as could be. I could barely play an acoustic guitar at that time. And, and like Dr. Frank was there because I'm friends with Frank and he showed up with, with Dina, his uh, wife and David Jones was there and I was so fucking nervous. And I kind of, <laughs> kind of just fucked, fucked up my way through the set, but in a way that it went over well enough, you know? So I played there. I played another acoustic show in Oakland. I played a bottom of the, a bottom of the hill opening for Lillington's um, as an acoustic act. And I played in Japan and I played, um, I see Sacramento a couple times, um, and that's pretty much it. I think that's it. Wow! And a lot of it, I'm very lucky because the stuff that's on YouTube was um, the the full shows that are on there were documented by this guy named Shane Stacy. He's like this, basically this phenomenal fixture of the of the Sacramento music scene. He's been videotaping shows and and like editing and putting out high quality video of of live shows since. I think since the eighties and, uh, he's like an amazing, you know, historian of music. And he, I, I got connected through him, um, uh, through like Danny secretion and, and Matt Bennett from, you know, out loud records. They're like, yeah, hit up Shane and he'll videotape the show. And he, he charged me like nothing, like 20 bucks or something to, to videotape the shows. And now I have all this stuff on YouTube. You know, when you look up my stuff, you, you might get the impression that I've played tons of times that I've only played like 10 shows and it's been like four years. I've put out like way more albums than I've played shows, which is funny. Wow. Yeah. That's uh. it's just, it's kind of weird to see you start. I, I knew you were, didn't play a lot of shows, but you've mm-hmm. played Japan and yeah. Chicago and Vegas and you know, like, well, wow. you, you got to make them count. Cause like, dude, yeah. I've, played, <laughs> I've played in bands where, where the show sucked and like, there's nothing worse than getting your hopes up for a show that ends up being very disappointing. I wrote a song about that uh, ballad of the opening band. It's like one of my best songs. Cause it's like, <laughs> It's that feeling of disappointment where you like you get your hopes up and it's just like fuck. So I knew like if I was going to play shows at all, I wanted them all to be cool. And so every show I've played, there's been something special or unique about it that made it worthwhile for me. Whether it was like playing with friends, playing with people from out of town, or getting to open up for like the Lillingtons, and, you know, like every little one. It's not like I'm just going to fucking go out and play for people who don't give a shit. You know, I'd rather play to like my community. So I just wait for those opportunities now. Yeah. Um, yeah, going on tour and playing in Idaho for like four people is just, uh, yeah. I imagine well, it's not too exciting for a lot of people, but plus I'm, <laughs> I'm at a point in my life now, I'm almost, I'm 38 years old and like, 
I work full time. I have a two year old son, and my wife she's never really been that supportive of, of the music thing anyway. So like I can't I can't just go off and do shit like that. Like it has to be like highly scheduled, planned in advance. You know what I mean? So I just I, I try to do it when I can. That's best really? I can do. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. So Graham, do you ever just kind of feel like fucking Indiana Jones in front of your students, like? You lead this like <laughs> secret life of all these great shows in Japan and shit, and they have no fucking clue. And like, I don't know. You know what I'm well, saying, though? That's cool. I do. I do. I mean, it's it's a complicated thing for me because my role as a teacher is so different. And and I've been a teacher for over ten years. This so is my like, life. What teaching middle like, school? Uh, middle school? Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, sixth grade. Sixth grade is my specialty. That's what I've been teaching the longest. And uh-huh. as I've been a teacher, you know, kind of my whole perspective on on the profession and my role has has evolved a lot and and especially since i've become a parent and the main main thing that i i'm that's important to me as a teacher is to be positive and encouraging and set a good example and be a role model you know so there were times in the past where i would have probably shared everything like check this shit out you know but i don't i don't even go there now i just i wear a suit a shirt and tie to work every day I'm straight laced. I I I'm positive. I'm warm. I play music for the kids, but I don't play like punk rock or anything. I'm just like, you know, I play like Rafi or some you know, birthday song or some shit. But you know, I want them to see me in a way that that gives them the encouragement that I know that they need. And it has it doesn't have anything to do with me anymore. You know, like when I go to work, it's it's purely about that feeling of like connecting with the kids and showing them that adults can be cool and that adults can care about them and be positive and not judge them and not um hold them to like an unrealistic standard because uh, being a teacher is a trip because you it's stressful it's hard you don't get paid very well um but it's still very very rewarding and and the way you approach it is really what counts the most because if you can have a positive attitude and just kind of focus on at that at that grade level what they really need is just a lot of positive reinforcement and and for you to take an interest in them and so I mean, the music, I, I, I kind of, you know, I have kids in my class right now who are in, who play guitar. Like, I have more guitar players in my first period class than I've ever had before. So I'm always, you know, encouraging them. But the thing to do is to be like, show me what you can do. You know, like, show me the chords. Like, oh, that's cool. Like, how did you learn that song? And, you know, it's more like I make it about them, you know, yeah. rather than about me. Right on, man. That's cool, mm-hmm. The world could use more teachers like that, I think. <laughs> well, it's taken me a while, man. I, in the beginning, I made all the worst possible mistakes you could make as a teacher. You know, like <laughs> y- yelling and freaking out and like being a fucking asshole. And it's just <laughs> trial by fire, you know. But it, over time, the nice thing about teaching is a new school year is a new beginning. So if you choose to, you can focus every time and like be like, all right, well, how can I be better this time? How can I be better? How can I be better? And you, you, you grow that way. You know, so I've been able to grow that way. This is every year that I do it is like the best year because it's I'm ta- I'm learning from all the past mistakes. Right on, dude. Yeah. So uh, when I was uh, this is years and years ago, I used to know this guy named Andy Freeberg, okay. and um, maybe I shouldn't be saying his name, but um, <laughs> I'm from La Crosse, Wisconsin. He used to live here, and we used to go to shows. And uh, Andy was known for um, you know his, his dick would come out all the time. Mm-hmm. Like at a show, everyone just sees his dick, you know. And and he was kind of he was a hardcore guy, but um, okay. okay. And, and like, uh, his party just bring it out. He wasn't a party guy, but it was just like we used to have this place where it was in the alley downtown. It was in this alley, so you'd 
pull in the alley and there'd be Andy standing there and he'd just whip it out right you know right in front of you and I think we've all had a friend like that for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So so that's that guy. Anyways, um a couple years later, uh you know, I'm like nineteen, I'm delivering pizzas to a school mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, I walk in and he's there, he's a teacher. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. oh shit. Yeah. Well, he and, He's still a teacher too. I know. I've actually met people that had him. He mm-hmm. lives in the Milwaukee area now, but um, that had him, and they were like, "Yeah, he's fucking cool." You know, he's he's a hardcore guy, and yeah. uh, but it's like you just I just think back, and it's like anyone who's listening to this that has knows him <laughs> right now because it's Andy, you know. But um, well, I tell you, man, people he, who are, he would have to hide his personal life because he <laughs> yeah. wouldn't have a job, you know. Well, to me, the better teachers are the ones who've had the more like diverse life experiences full of like fuck ups and full of life lessons and things. And like, to me, a lot of the best teachers are the ones who, who weren't as like successful because you, you have to accept failure and you have to learn to deal and and grow and not give up. And like in, in education, there's this whole philosophy called growth mindset. And it's like just the idea that you allow your failures to inspire you rather than to discourage you. So a guy like that, like he's got plenty of life experience to share. You know, it's just all about how you pass it along and uh, and make it relevant for those those kids you're teaching. Yeah. Like I teach math. I'm not a fucking math person at all. Like I always struggled <laughs> with math, and I can do it, but I have to like kind of force myself to do it, and I really have to concentrate. Whereas some people can fucking just do that shit. You know, like they're incredibly talented, and it's in, innate to them in the same way that like maybe music is for me. Um, but I think that makes me a better math teacher because I can anticipate the struggles and I can anticipate the anxiety and I can anticipate like those, those things that might hold them back. Like I can relate to that and I can help them work through that. And, you know, math is a subject that's really tied to self-esteem and, and your, you know, your self-concept and how other people judge you and stuff like that. So it's helped. It's been helpful for me. And so from that guy, maybe it's, maybe it's like that too. (laughs) So I, yeah. I thought it was funny the other night when we were messaging back and forth, and you you said you had dad duties to go do, and for sure. I totally relate to that, man. So I know how it is. You just gotta, you know, you gotta live a second life sometimes. So oh yeah, yeah. you have a two year old, right? Just turned two. Yeah, he just turned two, and then I have an eleven and a nine year old. So wow, see, man, yeah. that's that's amazing. Like okay. I. I <laughs> well, it's incredible. I mean, it's. I think it's cool that all of us, as as we get older, still make time for these these hobbies and these things we're passionate about. Because like, it makes life so much better when you can still, you know, invest some of yourself into these things. And and like the way what you're doing is great. Like the dummy room is like a great contribution to me. Like I think it's going to be a big, you know, like Jughead's podcast is awesome too. And um, I think dummy mm-hmm. room is kind of like, you know, it's a different format, but it's it's up there, you know, cause it's the right approach. It's the right, you know, obviously you guys have a strong background and interest in the music and, uh, the guests that you've had on and everything. It's, it's right on, man. But I know it's a struggle. It's like, you have to take care of your, your daily responsibilities and check off all those boxes before you can get in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's why we, we usually have to do it so late at night here, but, um, <laughs> thanks for, uh, thanks for the kind words though. Yeah, man. Right on. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's an th- honor to do, to do this. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, um, yeah, we have we have fun. You know, when me and Jody started, it was we um, we got connected through uh, his one of his other podcasts. We just started talking, and yeah. you know, turns out we like all the same shit, and uh, <laughs> that was it. I think we yeah. talked. I think I called him, and uh, like 
15 minute conversation we were um talking about doing a podcast together already <laughs> so it didn't take very long it's a great genre too like i find myself listening to more and more like interview podcasts because i've always liked it i've always liked listening to like terry gross on npr and just like, this american life and stuff like that but mm-hmm. when it's tailored to stuff that you're really interested in like pop punk or skateboarding for me and stuff like it just it's even sweeter you know because right. I like when I watch dishes, it's like okay, I could listen to this <laughs> this album or whatever, or I could listen to this podcast. And like a lot of times now, I'm listening to more interviews and more podcasts and stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Yes, sir. Should uh, should we get to the the uh, sweet sixteen? We're going to do a Sweet 16, which is basically kind of like one of those uh, like basketball brackets in the like Final Four and shit. Basically, we have 16 songs, and we're going to vote them off, you know, like which one is better, right? So I'll run, okay. I'll run the choices, and us three will decide what's right. what, and it'll be majority rules. And the way I did yeah, this yeah. one, since it was damn near impossible to fucking pick 16, only 16 Screeching Weasel songs, <laughs> what I did was I, I took just all the regular studio records plus kill the musicians added in for good measure and i stuck them in a playlist and hit shuffle and i wrote Uh, down the first 16 that came up so it wasn't my choices but there are a lot of great ones in here so a lot of stuff is represented so what we'll do is i'll announce the choices and we'll figure it out all right sounds fun so in the first matchup we have guest list Mm -hmm. versus i'm gonna strangle you Mm, okay. Well, who wants to speak on that first? Uh, guest list. <laughs> That's where I'm going. That's mm. my favorite Screeching Weasel song. So. Okay. Yeah, guest list is very <laughs> iconic. I think for for the for Screeching Weasel, and it has like all the trappings of a classic Screeching Weasel song. I'm I'm going to strangle strangle you. It's cool, but um, you know, I think guest list has some kind of vibe, some kind of atmosphere that is, is more classic to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. So I, go, I go with that one too. Okay. So guestless will take it. I think I would have said uh, the other one. If it... Oh, which one, which album is that? Uh, I'm going to strangle you. Is that how to make enemies? Anthem. In Anthem. Oh, it's Anthem. Oh, okay. Okay. Anthem. Well, that's a really good album too. Yeah. Maybe I've just heard guest list like a couple million times too many or something. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure it's like... Yeah, I love it, too, but in that shows. matchup, I think I would have went the other way. But you guys <laughs> voted me out, so guest list will take it. So okay. in the next matchup, uh, we have What We Hate versus okay. I Wrote Holden Caulfield. Hmm. Well, you go first, Nate. Uh, I'm going with What We Hate. Um, mm-hmm. Just uh, it's... That's anything off my brain hurts. It's just, I, I just love it. And that yeah. song, I, I, I happen to, that's one of my favorite songs on that record. So I can't go against it, yeah. especially with what it's going up against. So, okay. Yeah, I picked that one too, just because um, a lot of Screeching Weasel songs have a very thoughtful uh, lyrical tone. And I think that one is, is one of those that's also super catchy and uh, memorable. Plus, I don't know if you guys remember, but the first attempt to do the Weasel documentary was going to be called What We Hate. Right. And uh, it, it just that title really resonates. So I'm mm-hmm. going to go with that one, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's a three-peat on that one. I would have said the same All thing. right. 
That's what we hate wins that round. Next round, we got Cindy's on methadone versus Uh totally. Oh, wow. (laughs) This is a little tougher here. That is a little tougher. And it's not Shirley. It's the Cindy version, the classic. (laughs) Okay. All right, Nate, what do you think? Uh, uh, I'm going totally. Oh, Um, wow. I think for the same reason. I've heard, you know, Cindy's on methadone so many times. Um, it's never been my favorite song on the record. Mm-hmm. Um, totally, I've always loved that just opening guitar riff. Mm-hmm. It was. It's, it, I remember in high school, it was like my favorite song for for a good year by them. So um, yeah, I got. I got to go. Totally. Wow. Okay. Uh, this is tough for me. I might have to just do Cindy because Cindy. Like when I hear that title, what I what I picture now is them opening a set with that because I know like. They always do that, and then uh, I I got to sing Cindy's on Methadone with uh, the Nerdy Jugheads in Tokyo, and I didn't even know the lyrics. I was in the bathroom and in, in, in the club, like scrolling through my phone trying to find you know a website that I could you know get all the lyrics and <laughs> and it's a cool song. I mean, totally, I think is catchier, but Cindy's on Methadone is like more of an iconic Weasel song, so I have to go with that one. Yeah, I think that's what I would do too, man. So Cindy will take that one. Okay. All right. Dude, totally is it's really great though. your song and that part with the palm muting you know and everything it's just yeah it's really cleverly composed cleverly written fun it's it's a great pop punk song it's like you know you talk about screeching weasel i consider them to be one of the canons you know along with like the queers mtx uh fuck yeah yeah and so if you're studying pop punk and pop punk songwriting like you definitely need to pay attention to totally (laughs) because it's one of the it's it's perfect song in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. yeah but again, Cindy's just so damn iconic, yeah. it's hard Cindy's, to go against it. And it's got that, that gritty kind of punk lyrical tone as well. Yeah, totally. All right, so the next matchup, Science of Myth versus Selena. <laughs> oh, that's easy. 
Again, I didn't pick these. These were just spit out randomly. Mm-hmm. I love Selena, though, but for me, I go science and myth. Yeah, Nate? Uh, I, I'm going science and myth. Yeah. yeah. And I like Selena a lot. I, I was actually that kind of taken back on that. I didn't expect that. I kind of wasn't even thinking. Mm-hmm. Forgot about that song, but no, Science of Myth is just fucking great. So, uh, well, I mean, the Science of Myth is such a great song, man. I mean, it's just such a such a great song, and uh, yeah. it reminds me of uh, David Jones. And David David was a good friend of mine, and like he and I, when we talked about Screeching Weasel, he kind of pointed to that song as an example of how pop punk could be great because, you know. It's not a musically complex song, but it, it has this resonance and it and it's it reaches further, I think, lyrically than, than most pop punk songs. Way but further, I, dude. I really love mm-hmm. it for that reason. Yeah, lyrically it's one of Ben's best, I think, man. Yeah, yeah. It's really it's good. It's not just about you know, the same old shit and none of those typical punk rock tropes, you know? Yeah, yeah it's, it's thoughtful, it's reflective, it's humble. It's a, it's everything you would want in, in a, that kind of song. So yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, hard to beat that one. Mm-hmm. Okay, next matchup we have every night versus uh, you'll be in my dreams today. Hmm. Hmm. Easy. Yeah, super easy for me too. <laughs> but let's let Grim go first. Yep. Well, every night. It, as soon as you say the title, I can already hear the song in my head. You <laughs> exactly. Know? And it's like, I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I, what's the other song? You'll be in my dreams today. Bark like a dog. Oh, okay. Bark like a dog. As an album, it's good. It's it's fun to listen to and stuff, but it just didn't seem to have as many super standout tracks like nah, you know, it's got it's got cool kids and it's got, you know, um a couple others, but yeah, I'm going to go with Every Night. Yeah. Nate, that's easy. Every night, yeah, yeah that's, that's still too obvious. One of their best, man. Yeah, you be my dreams today. I think it's one of the stronger ones on Bark Like a Dog, but still, you, mm-hmm. it yep. doesn't match up. It's anything off my brain here. It's not even close. No. <laughs> Plus, Bark Like a Dog was that album when he was coming off of doing the Riverdale's, and you know that was the one where he made Jughead play all downstrokes in the studio and stuff. And so it was like it was Screeching Weasel technically, but it was almost like he wasn't comfortable being Screeching Weasel as much at that time. It was like he was. Right. Still trying to incorporate that Lillington's formula, or I mean that uh, Riverdale's formula right. in there. Yeah, to me at the time, that's when I started just thinking, geez, what's going on with my favorite band here? What's going on? Uh, I uh, thought that album sucked, dude, I'll be honest with you. But in years was, past, uh, I've kind of grown on, it's grown on me a little bit, but I still don't think it's anywhere near at the top of their form. Not even close. That was their first Fat Records release, right? Yeah, yep. I think so. Yep. It was like 96 or something. Yeah. So I, yeah. Yeah, I, I can see, like, that's a good move for them at that time. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd say it's a good album, but it's not their best album. No. No. It's not as bad no. as Emo, though. Yeah, Emo's got its moments, but, yeah, I, I think very, very few hardcore Weasel fans would cite that one as their favorite. No. You know. Half of that's just the title. Fuck that. <laughs> well. Yeah. I, my read, no, my read issue with emo is more <laughs> it has such a raw sound that it, it almost is kind of grating at times and a lot of the songs are cool i think don't they do like a cranberries cover or something on that one yeah yeah, Gosh, yeah. Uh, there's a couple of cool like ideas and stuff i mean basically to me it sounded like uh the first ben weasel solo album yeah totally dot to me it was just kind of like part two or i don't know what the succession was but they sounded very similar to me yeah i hear you 
Alright, so you guys ready for this next one? Yeah. It's either Teenage Freak Show or I Want to Be a Homosexual. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, go ahead, Jody. What do you got? Uh, I'd have to say a Teenage Freak Show. I mean, out of those two, even though I do love I Want to Be a Homosexual. I think mm-hmm. it's one of the early great ones, you know, but... Mm-hmm. You can't really fuck with Teenage Freak Show. It's damn near perfect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Did Vapid have uh, some writing credit on that one? Because it's him doing the backup vocals, yeah, right? Yeah. I know that he wrote a couple of the tunes that were cool. I don't know if, if, if that's his song, but... I don't know, but yeah, his part... Without his part, it wouldn't, wouldn't be quite as good, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Nate? Uh, freak Show. Yeah. And I like... I want to be homosexual. I, it's 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 awesome, but... It's not even close. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Teenage Freak Show is a better song for sure. But I'm just going to be the contrarian and go with with the other one because um, I want to be a homosexual. That I think it was. That's an example of like Ben going for it lyrically in ways that most other bands never would. Yeah. You know? like, oh yeah. Very uh, very few other bands would have the balls to write a song like that, especially when it came out. And uh, you know the pop, punk scene was a very kind of closed minded thing in a lot of ways at, at a certain point uh in the 90s and stuff you had all these bros you know that were into it and a song like that like is challenging and i think that's cool as a song it's kind of a i mean it's it's not it's not a bad song but like they could have tr- trimmed the fat a little bit on that one i think because it has that super long intro and yeah. you know, i know. like that intro though it is pretty like... cool it's got, it's got the build up yeah yeah so anyway, I'll, I'll I'll lose this round. <laughs> it happens to the best of us, Grim. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So how about this one, man? Next one. Hey, suburbia or ninety nine? That's easy for me. And I don't know since it was random if this suburbia was the Bugida or the Kill the Musicians one, but uh, okay. Who knows? I guess it doesn't matter. I prefer the Kill the Musicians one though, dude. It has the the way they did it live, you know. Uh, okay, all right. At the end, I, it's cooler. I think I prefer the Boogie to one, but um, so where where are you going? Which which way are you guys going on this one? <laughs> I, I'm going Hey Suburbia because Boogie was my first Weasel album, and uh, that song, you know, just reminds me of that I the, <laughs> I stole the album too from a Tower Records. It was like. <laughs> in the days when shoplifting was, you know, kind of an edgy thing to do, and I was like, "Oh fuck it, I'm just, just you know," and I just, I t- purely got it based on like the album cover too, because I'd seen people wearing the t-shirt, and I was like, "Ah, these guys skate and they're into it, so I'll probably like it." You know, if it doesn't sound like No Effects, then at least I don't know, whatever. And uh, took a risk and ended up becoming one of my favorite albums. So, Hey Suburbia is on that one. I'm gonna go with that one. Right on. I think I can hear you doing dishes now. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm getting towards the end. There's a couple, couple left. Actually, after this interview, I get to go back to school and do lesson planning until fucking, till I'm finished with that, and then come home and pack lunches and do all that shit. So, wow, I'll just keep on grinding. Well, thanks go. for squeezing us into such a busy day, oh. man. Oh, and by by no means should we rush because as long as you guys are willing to hear me, t- hear me, you know, yeah. talk out of my ass, like I'll keep doing this. <laughs> all right, so. Suburbia is going to take that one, I'm guessing. You said yeah. Suburbia, Nate? Yeah. Well, that's, that's 99. Like, which album is 99 from, anyway? I forgot. How to Make, How to enemies. make enemies. Okay. And I, that's I a love great that one, s- dude. Yeah, but 
suburbia you know what, just, all right, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go. I already know which way you're going, so I'm gonna go 99, Jody. Go 99. Ooh. I had to go suburbia just because lyrically, it kind of like totally typifies like everything about living in the suburbs. And I grew up in the suburbs, and I totally it's the way it was, mm-hmm. the way it is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you. It's just too damn classic. It's got that super cool riff too. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. the latest guitar. Exactly. Guitar melody, yeah. 99 is pretty fucking great too, but geez, Suburbia is too classic. Yeah. All right, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'll go ahead, Nate. I, I'm just, I was going 99. That's a tough one. I love that song, but I'm not, I, yeah, I'm an idiot. Hey, Suburbia is better. But. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to place 99. <laughs> Sing a bar from it or something. Like, what's the chorus or the, the melody in 99? I can't even remember. 99. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're going to have to do better than that, man. play on that get smart it's about that get smart bitch okay okay they had a couple of those like spy themed songs yeah like D- dummy up i really like dummy yeah. up. that's cool yeah. that is a good one all right well anyway let's cool. we'll right. see what's next up next and this is the final one out of the first round we have supermarket fantasy versus got a girlfriend mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gotta, gotta, gotta. Yeah, that's a, such a catchy one right there. I love that one. But again, it's mashed up against an absolute classic. You know what I mean? I know. Yeah, Supermarket Fantasy for me. That's one of my all-time favorites. It is a classic, uh, huh? Probably my favorite off that record, for sure. So, 
And probably the only song in history to mention Farina. Hey, yep. I never even thought about that. That's pretty deep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that one too. I mean, I like Gotta Got a Girlfriend, but um, in that na 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 na, that's really cool. But yeah. the Supermarket Fantasy is uh, it's another one of those kind of iconic weasel songs. Right. Yeah, I'd have to say the same thing. But man, I really did love that fucking Teen Punks in Heat when it came out because it was like. The last few records, but previous kind of sucked. You know what I mean? And it was like, damn, Ben's finally back at it for real. It it had a real urgency to it. It yeah. had mm-hmm. a, a lot of really tight, short songs that were like driving. Like the track one, uh, "Bottom of the Ninth, is an awesome yeah, song. There are a lot of on that album. Oh, There's yeah. some shitty, shitty, lame songs too, like uh, "I Want to Fuck" and you know stuff oh. like that. But <laughs> yeah, but they, but overall, like I still liked it, and I like the cover art too. Something about yeah. cartoon cartoon comic cover art that really gets gets me every time oh yeah i've seen some pretty interesting art of yours that was pretty cool i always try to do collaborations with cool artists i think that's really important because there's like that visual aspect to an album you know in the traditional albums it's like i used to buy albums just based on looking at the at the cover art so the cover art's cool then the album better be cool so that's kind of my goal is if i if I work with artists who have really awesome visual, you know, something to offer, then I better match it with some cool songs, and it kind of inspires me. Plus, plus, artists, if you think about this, like, when you reach out to an artist, like, hey, can I pay you a little money to, like, use your thing for my album cover? Like, artists are stoked a lot of times, and I've yeah. spent, you know, I've, I've spent some money, you know, I've paid artists, like, uh, professional rates and, and everything, but it's always been worth it, because ha- I have some fucking killer album covers, man, right. <laughs> you know? I'm proud of a lot of them. Oh, yeah. All right, so we're going to move into the eccentric eight. We've whittled uh, them down to eight left, and the first matchup is guest list versus what we hate. Mm, mm. Yeah, that's pretty tough. It's like, yeah, getting It's going to be like a big fucking my brain hurts matchup at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh,. I know what it's going to come down to now, but uh, I, I'm going guest list. Not, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I do that too. I'm going to do guest list. Wow. I <laughs> went the other way on that one. Yeah, Show. what we hate. All right. Yeah, what we hate it's, just I, lyrically I, 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 is so... It's, it's yeah, it's sick. Yeah. Okay. It's like a poignant... I can, I can, yeah, I'll it, never, it really has meaning, you know? But I, I will never get the intro to guest list out of my head. Mm-hmm. Every time true, I even true. hear the word guest list, I hear that weasel lead, you know? So <laughs> Absolutely. Too iconic, man. Yeah, yeah it captures it captures an era very well. Yeah, for sure. And so so does what we hate. What we hate is another great that's I mean that's a that's a tough one. It's not like it's not like it was between that and cows or, you know, some fucking <laughs> Nightbreed. Yeah. <laughs> the first, the first album, I always like bringing that one up. Because it's yeah. like the one that never wants to mention, <laughs> yeah. which I, I mean I understand early yeah. early stuff. There's yeah. a couple good tunes. Murder yeah, a couple here and there. Cool. Murder in the Brady House. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I like the Queers version better though. Oh, way better. All right, so the next one we got is Cindy's on Methadone or Science of Myth. Uh, damn. <sighs> That's another tough one. <laughs> Crickets. Uh, um, science of myth for me. Okay, I'm gonna have to go with, uh, the more serious one, the more serious tone. Gotcha, Nate. 
I wrote, I wrote a song called I'm a I'm an atheist, even though I'm not really an atheist. But I wrote a song kind of like inspired by the science of myth. It's kind of like my homage to that song. Oh, right on. Hmm. I'm an atheist. Don't believe in God. I'm an atheist. I don't get jihad. I'm an atheist. But I might be wrong So maybe you and I can get along You got faith But still I can't relate And I don't want to debate Cause I'm openly unsure About the universe and my faith So I go on with my life And I hope I will survive Cause I doubt there's something Waiting for me on the other side I know it would be nice But your religious proof just won't suffice So I'm an atheist But I don't despair I'm an atheist And I still care I'm an atheist But I'm not convinced It's just that your religion makes no sense If I'm gay Doesn't mean I'll go to hell Even if I live life well what if I was born a Jew or a Muslim as well? Is our science just a myth? Is there a reason we exist? I admit that I don't know, but it just makes you pissed. You can't fathom why I doubt your beliefs that I choose to live without. I'm an atheist, but I'm not that proud. I'm an atheist. My godless position you detest. My godless position you detest. Little Grim Deeds plug there. There you go. <laughs> I'm, uh, I, oh man, I, I think I, I gotta go with Science of Myth, too. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what I would yeah. say, too, man. I mean, it's just lyrically <laughs> superior. Yes. I think, like, when you first hear Screeching Weasel, though, it's really cool, like, like the just the simplicity of cities on methadone and the whole like the whole thing about you know but science of myth Mm -hmm. has stood up to me a lot longer as being way more interesting yeah it's it's an amazing song and think about how how it fits in context to the rest of the album too it's like the album wouldn't be nearly as classic without that song you know it's a really important song totally for my brain hurts definitely it's like one of the I mean, one of the only ones that has a like a clear statement, you know what I'm saying? Besides just the kind of kitschy, you know, mm-hmm. goofy side of it, it's pretty cool. And it's fast. It's a yeah, fast it's song. Fast. But it doesn't feel like a fast song because it doesn't have that ag- aggro vibe to it. But it's fast. I mean, if you've ever tried playing along to it, it's yeah. really fucking fast, you know. Oh, yeah. All right. So, Science of Myth wins that round. Next round, Every Night versus Teenage Freak Show. Mm-hmm. Teenage Freak Show for me. A little more upbeat, a little more uh, bouncy. Yeah. Nate? Uh, every night. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to tie yeah. here, huh? i got to break this yeah. tie. <laughs> oh, every night's just, uh, yeah, it's just so good. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. It's got yeah. that sentimental feeling to it. Yeah, it's like forlorn. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. 
I'll never forget yeah. the first time I ever saw even in blackouts and they were playing that one. Just Oh know, yeah. It was at this awesome outside show in Carbondale and uh you know, it was just like this beautiful summer night and they started playing that towards the end of the set and the whole place is singing along and it it really had this feeling of community, you know, and it was like uh, very magical, very beautiful, great night. Never forget it. And the whole everyone knows that song, of course, you know. Mm-hmm. And the whole I wonder if uh, it. it was just magical. What year was that when you saw them? Um, I guess it was probably what 2002, 2003. I don't know. I wonder there. if uh, I know uh, Brad Lipman. He was in the band. I think he played bass, and uh, he lives like down the down the road from me, like a mile or two. Right on. Jughead let me know that he was going to be moving here. He works for uh, Nintendo, actually, and uh, yeah, we we recorded some songs together, actually, me and him. Right on, man. Cool. Little side project called uh, Letters Never Sent, which is from uh, Even in Blackout song that he wrote. Right, that's one of my favorites, actually. Yeah, especially like when oh. it, it breaks into the. I guess it's Jughead singing the other part, right? Maybe so. The second um, half. It's great. Okay, so anyhow. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> I guess I'm gonna, for sentimental reasons, believe it or not, I'm gonna go with every night. Sometimes people make use of false guilt, and so they find an excuse for closing their eyes to their very real guilt. Things I've done The voiceless points I make for 
All right, so Hey Suburbia or Supermarket Fantasy? Oh, they're the most like equal in value to me. Yeah, two booger bangers. Did you plan this? No, seems like you meant. <laughs> um, I, I'm going Supermarket Fantasy. Okay, what you got, Grim? Uh, I'm gonna do Hey Suburbia. Hey Suburbia to me is a little bit more. I don't know. A little more potent, but I mean both are both are great. I mean right. that's a really that's a hard one to compare right there. Yeah. Well, Suburbia's gonna win that one because I gotta go that way too. So we're into the final four. Dude, we got guest list. Guest list versus science of myth. Hmm. Damn. Okay. That's uh, going to be hard. I'm going to have to eat an ice cream bar when we debate these last four. <laughs> or- organic coconut bliss. Where, coconut. where are you going, Jody? What are you choosing? I would go science of myth in this matchup. I love guest list, but science of myth to me is better. 
Dude, Science of Myth has get, has come along far in this game. Mm -hmm. Could win this damn thing. Yeah, I'm gonna go with it too. I love that song. Ah, you you fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough corny one, lyrics when you stack the two up. Guestless lyrics are <laughs> stupid. Uh, feeling like a fat potato. Yep. You know what I mean? But there's a there's an element of like tongue and cheekness to some of it. Like obviously, I to, but I got still. to see her dance like the other weirdos. You know, it's kind of yeah, like that's great. Almost I mean, don't almost get me like, wrong. It's fucking great, but science but of you're right. is a little bit greater. Oh yeah, yeah. Lyrically, definitely as a song, it's also really good. So. Yeah. I back it. Sorry, I Nate. Sorry, it. Nate. No, we're good. You're good. Nate's like, fuck <laughs> it, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so every night or hey, suburbia? Hmm. 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 I'm going to go with every night. Okay. Nate? Every night. Every night takes it. So that means in the final round... <laughs> to determine the very best Screeching Weasel song of the night. This could change at any moment. And if you're playing along at home, you can see if you would have came with the same result. But, so mm -hmm. we got Science of Myth versus Every Night. Didn't see that coming. Wow. I didn't yeah. see that coming either, man. Wow. Well, 
Mm. You have a question beliefs that you hold. You're not alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going with science and myth. David David Jones would be bummed, I think, if, if I chose uh, every night over science and myth. <laughs> Nate, what you got? I don't know. That's a tough one. Fuck it. I'm going every night. Wow. Wow. So you're leaving it to I, me? What the fuck? I, I think <laughs> I think overall I think uh, I think it's a better song. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, every night for sure. Nope. Science and myth for me. <laughs> I just wanted you to make a choice there, so <laughs> fact that it's on my brain hurts and my brain hurts in general to me is cooler than anthem so there you yeah have it. there's my reason yeah but i think you were you were taking the for me the second or third best song on on my brain hurts and putting it up against the best song on anthem so I, listen guys i don't think any self-respecting weasel fan is going to be that disappointed with the outcome <laughs> of this game if we had picked like dirty needles or some shitty song like then <laughs> it would have been a problem yeah it could be worse it could have came out as linger was the number one fucking song <laughs> a no. fucking terrible cover i uh, i listen to it sometimes but i never could get behind that one man it's just i don't I'll like the original, the original i don't like ben's <laughs> version i just no 
I'll listen to the original before I listen to the Weasel covers. So he's yeah. definitely butchered butchered a few really good cover opportunities, like Runaway, Del Shannon. Like I mean, their version is just like ridiculous, but <laughs> that's a really good song. Yeah, it is. It's a, it should on Riverdale's version or something. Yeah, what's your Have favorite Weasel singing. cover, Grim? Um. <laughs> We did an episode about it a while back. I'm just kind of curious what yours w- would be. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was cool that, it, that they covered the Manjis because, you know, they're a cool, cool band. That wouldn't have been the best Manjis song to cover, but uh, I just thought it was cool that they were doing that because it was like kind of using using his uh, influence to sort of shed light on a cool band from Italy that right. people might not, might not have known about if they weren't really deep into the into the scene. So I, I like stuff like that. I like when people cover bands that are not like expected or unknown bands, things like that. Yeah, that's why Josie's the best one. Josie. Okay. Yeah, that's. <laughs> We're not going to have that episode again. We already did this episode, but yep. so we've determined that Science of Myth is the best screeching weasel song of all time believe it or not and uh you can let us know on our page or wherever you listen to this tell us what you thought and what yours would have been but we want to thank grim deeds for joining us hey how don't you pimp out where people can find you dude and all your different socials and whatnot well i'll start by saying that i sent ben weasel an, uh, an interview and he, he has not gotten back to me <laughs> he probably never will but we haven't is, even asked it, him yet. We, we figured we'd try yeah. to work up to the big guys. <laughs> yeah, he probably he probably thinks I'm a major, you know, you know, chode or something. But I uh, I have my blog grimdeeds.blogspot.com. Um, try and keep that thing updated as much as possible. Uh, I've got some cool ones coming in. I got my Bandcamp page, which has all my songs on it. Uh, Out Loud Records has a lot of the albums. Um, I'll give a shout out to, uh, you know, the Lillingtons for just being my favorite band and, uh, you know, for Cody's support. I want to shout out to Dr. Frank for being kind of like, uh, just allowing me to sort of enter his life as a friend, you know, from being a friend, becoming a friend as a fan is like a really special thing. And so I've, I've been able to achieve that with like two of my heroes and Cody and Frank are definitely two of those guys. And uh, say thanks to the dummy room, man, for giving me an opportunity to do what I love to do, which is talk. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Awesome. It was very nice of you to share some time with us, man. Maybe we'll have you back on sometime in the future. You could do some more talking. Well, then before you go, <laughs> let me let me also shout out to Jughead, because we talked about Weasel, and Jughead is totally an amazing guy, amazing artist and individual. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So i got to give credit to Jughead, who has also been very supportive and uh you know someone who i call a friend as well and yeah guys thanks thanks a lot i'm gonna go off to school and plan some math lessons right now all right all right thanks so much man yeah have a good one man take it easy all right jody yeah and see you Nate. all right bye so yeah grim deeds that was pretty fun man yeah that was fun uh I'm sure I'm, I'm going to say this and I know the answer, but we got any plans for next week yet? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> nope. We'll figure something out, dude. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, keep listening and uh, keep keep trying to share it for us. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, so. just help us spread the word any way you can if you feel so inclined. Uh, you know, 
we want as many people listening as possible. So if you got some friends that like this kind of thing, you know, it'd be like, yo, check out the show. You might dig it. And, uh, yeah, maybe they will. But anyways, it's just part of podcasting. You got to, like, ask people to help you. <laughs> I'm always uncomfortable doing that, <laughs> if you can't tell. <laughs> but, yeah, so thanks so much for listening, everybody. We're going to call it a show, and we'll see you next week. See you later. Goodbye to Goodbye.